Warning, you are about to enter a world populated by the most appalling music ever made. Welcome to the search for the worst album of all time. This is Broken Records. But I hadn't been forgotten, I do. I'd been married a long time ago. Saint Bango. <laughs> a girl with kaleidoscope eyes. <laughs> You're beautiful. Hey, hey, I wanna be a rock star. Hello, welcome to another Riot Act classic album. Oh, sorry, no, my mistake, <laughs> wrong show. Very easy to think this could have been a Riot Act classic album with the incredible cultural phenomenon that we're going to be talking about on this week's Broken Records, but it is actually a broken record. It is a podcast brought to you from the Riot Act podcast uh, chaps. That's me, Stephen Hill, and him, Renfrey Deadman. Hello, Renfrey, how you doing? Hello, we love you, RD. We listen to you every week on Broken Records. Oh, good God. Yeah. Mm. Oh, man. You all right? Uh, yes. Mm-hmm. I feel exhausted, to be totally honest. I have just okay. listened to the album that we are that we are talking about, and I'm a little bit shell-shocked, and I feel like I'm going to have to you warm up. You hate fun, don't you? I hate fun, and I feel like I'm going to have to warm up into this week because i yeah, feeling a little PTSD, but I'm okay. How are you? Uh, well, I'm all right, thanks, mate. I'm quite looking forward to it, actually. I Good. think it should be I'm looking something interesting. Well, it's going to be very interesting. Mm. Uh, we should say what we're doing here is we're looking for the worst album ever made in the history of music. That's what Broken Records is. All the albums that we feature on the show, where we take one album every week and rank it in our list of the worst albums ever. They are compiled from your suggestion, from the critical standing of the record, from the fan reaction to the record, to the commercial failings of the record or maybe something else some little weird quirk of fate that has put it here in our hat full of shit which is behind me which is where we pluck all of our worst albums from this week on the show we're going to be talking about richard blackwood you'll love to hate this the debut album from richard blackwood the actor presenter rapper and man who is very susceptible to keyboards apparently uh released on the 11th of september 2000 september 11th 2000 it's almost like they went cool we're gonna struggle to make next year worse on this date we're gonna have to really push the boat out aren't we next year on this date to make this day somehow worse than the day that richard blackwood released his debut album <laughs> Did they manage it? <laughs> Did they manage it? That is the question. There are a few things on this list that are probably worse than the uh, the, the terror attacks on the, 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 the Twin Towers, to be honest. And some of them are in the top 20, or the flop 20, I should say, that I'm about to run down now. Before we get into Richard Blackwood, we should talk about the 20 worst albums that we have covered thus far. They are thus in descending order. Richard Ashcroft's United Nations of Sound starts at number 20. Mr. Blobby, the album. Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club Band, the original soundtrack. Eoghan Quig by Eoghan Quig. Hold on. Um, Graveyard Classics, Six Feet Under, Volume 2. Testify by Phil Collins. Towers of London's Blood, Sweat and Towers. Hard to Swallow by Vanilla Ice. The Rebirth by Little Wayne. Cut the Crap by The Clash. Angelic to the Core by Corey Feldman. Philosophy of the World by The Shags. Asshole by Gene Simmons. Total Zanarchy by Little, ba- Little Ban. Little Zan. Bad Blood by Blood on the Dance Floor. Methods of Mayhem by Methods of Mayhem. Concerto in True Minor by The Super true symphonic orchestra double wide bungle cracker crazy hits by the crazy frog and still at number one 
where it must surely remain forever at this point, I'm sure. I'm not a fan, but the kids like it by Broken Side. And also, shout out to Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses, unranked. But let's head back to 9-11 and remember the fear and terror that we all experienced that day in the year 2000 when Richard Blackwood released his debut album. (laughs) You'll love to hate this. Um, Some of you listening might be going, hold on, you're talking about this bloke like we just should know who he is. Who the fuck is Richard Blackwood? You might be asking that if you're from outside of the UK or, or if you're under the age of 35. Or if you're quite a lot over the age of 35 and from outside the UK or inside the UK and over the age of 35 or inside the UK and under. Basically, what I'm saying is there is a very, very small, small amount of people (laughs) who know Richard Blackwood is. And basically, if you haven't ingrained literally every single person who was ever on British television from sort of 1998 to 2001... You might not know who Richard Blackwood is, but I have. So I do know who Richard Blackwood is. In fact, me and one of my mates, shout out Stewie Allen, um, still, when I see him, will go, can I get a whoop whoop down with a wicked in tribute to this song? Sort of sarcastically every time we see each other in homage to Richard Blackwood and uh, and this, this album that we're going to be talking about. So you owe so, a lot we'll get- to Blackwood. Not a lot. No, No, just that. Just that. That's not a lot, is it? I don't think my life would be that much different. Uh, Stewie Allen, by the way, he's my mate, Stewie. Stewie Allen. Um, Also, big fan of this kind of era of quite kind of tacky pop hip hop from the sort of early noughties. Um, The song Unleashed a Dragon by Cisco. He said, I'm about to let the dragon out because his name's his surname's Alan. He used to people used to sing to him. I'm about to let the Alan out. No, and unleash the Alan. We used to say when he had a few drinks. But anyway, me and when him kind of get a whoop whoop down. I mean, me and two of my <laughs> other friends. Yes, is what I mean. Okay. Um, Renfrey, Richard Blackwood. Yes, last week you struggled to remember who he was when I, I pulled him out of the hat. Yeah, yeah, much to your, I'm sure, embarrassment. I'm this so week. embarrassed now. I feel so ashamed. <laughs> yeah. You must feel like a fucking idiot to I not realise who Richard Blackwood I'm amazed was. I didn't feign illness uh, rather than come on this week's episode because I'm so embarrassed. But hey, I'm here. Um, yeah, so Richard Blackwood, my memories of Richard Blackwood, which are obviously hazy going from last week, uh, was of him appearing on Channel 4 a lot. Great he, memories. He... <laughs> 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 uh, forgettable ones. Um yeah. Yeah, he ended up getting his own show. I hope I'm not going into spoiler territory too much, but he ended up getting his not own show. Not too much. Not too we'll much. We'll go through it, but we will yeah, go yeah. Through it, yeah. Mm. And I, I remember capture, capturing, I remember seeing <laughs> moments, I remember seeing him on, you know, late night TV, either, um, I don't know if I was the age where I was coming back from the pub or if I was at the age where I was I wanting to go to the pub, but not quite old enough to be able to get away with it. I But it was sort of on the brink of one of those. I remember catching bits and pieces and um, not, I, I I don't recall having a strong opinion on Richard Blackwood ever at any point whatsoever. I have a strong opinion on him now after listening to the fucking <laughs> album. But, oh, I, but I didn't. I bet you do. I, I, prior to this, I don't think I, I, I've seen him as someone who is there. I've seen him as someone who's a sort of UK, the UK's answer to... 
Well, I said this. Will Smith. I said Will Smith. Everybody yeah. says. Everybody says he's a. He was meant to be the UK's answer to Will Smith. I think "meant to be" is probably the the better way yeah. to put it. Yeah, and that I, I. It feels like that was in the where same. In this, in the same way as you know, Adam Rickett might be the UK's answer to Justin Timberlake. <laughs> yes, quite very budget version of, and one that had you know obviously nowhere near as much as success. But you can you know I mean look, um, listening to this record, we'll go into it later. But listening to this record, I can see why those comparisons were there, and I think they were there even without this record as well. So yes. Yeah, so let's talk about Richard Blackwood, who he is, where did he come from? Richard Blackwood first shot to prominence when his dad married Naomi Campbell's mum. <laughs> now, is in the 80s, so he was Naomi Campbell's stepbrother. So it's a sort of broken records family affair, isn't it? It is. Have we ever had a sort of family thing on broken records? Yeah, like a sort of sibling rivalry here in the chart that we're going to have to... Um, we're going to have to put together. I don't think we've ever had related I, I people. Know, no. Mr. Blobby and Crazy Frog? don't think they're... I mean, they're both, again, I, I know you, you don't want to accept this, but they're both fictional characters. Yeah, yeah, quite <laughs> refuse to accept that Mr. Blobby is a fictional character. Just <laughs> heartbreaking, isn't it, for you to think that he's not a real man who lives in a big pink fucking sandwich house or whatever. <laughs> but, but he is actually a fictional character. So in the real world, laughing uh, or crying. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah but you know um i don't think we have i don't think we have anyone who's been kind of married or related or i, I i'm not sure that we have uh, no i i'm just looking at the list and like i feel like oh there must be you know some six degrees of kevin bacon there must be with some mm. of these but um but yeah i i'm, I'm not they're not I'm not working them out straight away certainly not though. no I, so this might be the first time but you know Really, we shouldn't say that because he's he was not their uh, stepbrother anymore because um, they uh, they ended up getting divorced, mm. which is not the saddest thing we're going to be talking about on this show today. But it is sad anyway, isn't it, Renfrew? It's sad that it didn't work out for Richard Blackwood's dad and Naomi Campbell's mum. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 But there's more to Richard Blackwood than just... Hanging around the same house with a with his dad and Naomi Campbell, he was a stand up comedian as a as a young man and up and coming within the stand up comedy circuit. I don't remember ever seeing him doing stand up on any of the few stand up places you could have watched telly in the nineties. Mm. There weren't many stand up shows, there were a few, but not loads of stand up comedy in the nineties. Unless you were sort of Jack D or. Um, who else had their own show? Who was a stand-up comic in the nineties? Jasper Carrot, Ben Elton. They um, had to, you had to be pretty fucking big yeah, to Lenny get your Henry. own stand-up. Lenny Henry had his own show. Yeah, there weren't, but there weren't many stand-up comics who got sort of half, you know, the half-hour stand-up show. There used to be that show called the Stand-Up Show, which came on after Match of the Day on a Saturday, mm. and you'd see people like Ed Byrne on that, and it was quite good. I remember, but um, I don't remember seeing Richard Blackwood on that show ever. I, I don't first... really, I don't recall him as a stand-up at all. I'm, 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 to be clear, I'm not saying that he wasn't. Just saying that those aren't my memories of him. No, no, I don't. I don't. But he got a job, his first job in TV, working on the 1998 Channel Five reboot of the UK version of the MTV show Singled Out. Now I do remember Singled Out in the US in the 90s. I do remember that the one on MTV. It was presented by Jenny McCarthy. 
wasn't i wouldn't forget that and it was essentially 40 single men 40 single girls and then somebody would come out from either and they'd have to sort of whittle them down to one person who they'd go on a date with do you remember that show at all memory it's it's flashing vague bells flashing vague bells definitely two cinnamons like it. um it's uh, ringing vague bells but um but i mean no. i did watch a bit of the uk version and there's certainly some flashing vague <laughs> bells on um, the show yes <laughs> maybe that's what i was thinking of yeah um I, I feel like there are probably several shows that have come since that have had similar formats and i'm wondering if i'm mixing them up in my brain but there is a there's a good chance that i might have come across two minutes worth of footage at some point whilst channel surfing that's what the kids call it isn't it yeah well look i mean i remember the u.s version because it used to be on mtv and it was on bbc2 as well and on sort of sunday BBC mornings two. as well yeah they put it on bbc2 on <laughs> sunday morning in the sort of mid 90s weird but um i had no idea that it was a uk show I never know they did a UK version of it at all. Probably because it was on Channel Five in nineteen ninety eight, and basically you couldn't get Channel Five where I was. My aerial wouldn't pick it up. No, our couldn't get Channel Five. Old. Yeah, and Channel Five. I mean, I'm not now turning around and going, "Isn't Channel Five good these days?" Because obviously it's not. <laughs> it's just got. It's just no, got it's rid not. of. Na- it's just. It's just caused Neighbours to cancel itself, hasn't it? Neighbours would rather stop being exist than being on Channel Five anymore. Um, but Channel Five, when it first started, was had a had a reputation of being very, very smutty, very it's, smutty. Mm, yeah, I remember um, being very upset that I was missing out. I was thirteen yeah. years old when Channel Five started. So I know the perfect. You were the perfect <laughs> yeah. guy. I was like, damn, our fucking area doesn't pick it up. It was just about pre-internet being in everyone's homes as well, so people did it was. actually this, people did actually put some, uh, some I don't know credence into the very soft core erotica that Channel Five used to show very late at night. Yeah, mm. mm-hmm. there you go. Allegedly, allegedly, um, <laughs> I think they did. But anyway, I think they did. Yeah, <laughs> I, um, I did. I did find on YouTube a little bit of uh, well, a whole episode of uk singled out and it's got some i will say what well, it's got some very punky music for the theme tune really proper like dan and proper like fucking black flag punk rock for the theme tune and um the 90s were good weren't they when you're having a sort of hardcore punk theme tune for your channel five dating show amazing <laughs> great that's what anyway, makes you happy it does yeah uh, and anyway so it's richard blackwood's first job on telly Right. He doesn't look doesn't look that comfortable no. doing the hosting, I don't think. Okay. There are like forty men around him and they get a girl out called Tammy and she basically gets rid of a lot of the guys via sort of quite a weird way of doing it. Basically she has to go, Do you want old old blokes or young blokes and she's like old blokes do you want fat men or like men with short hair or do you want muscly, or muscly men and then if you're not the thing that she says she's behind a screen they all kind of walk past oh. and every time she says it what she likes richard blackwood basically sort of slathers all over her it's quite icky he sort of goes she's like do you want a muscly guy I go, i'm a muscly guy i'm a muscly guy and he's sort of like Ugh. he's probably crotch thrusting at this girl right and i'm like bloody hell richard if this was now your career wouldn't have taken off, mate, because you'd have been taken off air immediately for perving on your contestants on the show. But hey, it was the 90s. Like yeah, I said, yeah. they were better times. And um, 
<laughs> I was going to go with different. But yeah, they were, sure. di- no, they, were di- they were very different. But uh, there's a bit where the six blokes that are left have to speak into the microphone and introduce themselves to this girl, right? right. And there's a guy called Ashley. So they all sort of go like, one guy goes, yo, my name's Paul. And this isn't Pulp Fiction, but girl, you'll be a woman soon. <laughs> and st- <laughs> Rubbish, right? Pathetic. Pathetic. But this guy comes up and he's like, he goes, and he goes, you're all right, my name's Ashley. I'm going to fuck your pussy, you bumble clutch. And the whole, and honestly, he did, and the whole place goes, whoa. And Richard Blackwood, I'm not making this up. I promise you I'm not making this up. And Richard Blackwood fucking love, Richard Blackwood does like a fucking, you know when you jump and you click your heels together because you're so happy, right? Richard Blackwood does that about five times. He loves it. He's so pleased. That this guy is just like, I'm going to fuck you to this girl that he hasn't even seen before, right? It is unbelievable. <laughs> unbelievable. Fuck your pussy, you bubble clut. Yeah. I'm going to use that next time I'm in a bar. Excuse me. You send a drink over to that girl with the note written on it. I'm going to fuck your pussy, you fucking bumble clut. Oh. Unbelievable, Renfrey. I mean, I didn't even- do it. Even for the... No, no, unbelievable. Hyphen. <laughs> unbelievable. Comma. <laughs> comma, Renfrey. It, it is staggering that he that they just didn't go, mate, but cut that. <laughs> do you know what I mean? Do it again. Yeah. Let's cut that. Should we cut the cut? Yeah. We're not, not putting that on telly. So Different anyway. times. Better times. Mm. It should be the new motto for this podcast. When he gets... He actually gets... Uh, he probably regrets saying that because he gets knocked out in the next round and they just put a toilet seat around his neck and push him off oh no that rings a bell the toilet oh, seat right. around the neck and then being pushed off mm-hmm. on a reality tv thing okay mm-hmm. this is yeah. beginning yeah more bells are being run or bells are being lit as i said earlier mm. or something like that. i can't remember i mean basically it's a weird show mm. It's a weird show. The next guy comes out. He's like trying to get a date from the girls. He's Australian. He makes them read things in Australian accent. And none of them can do it. And it's at that point that I turned it off. And I was like, oh, fuck this. I've got, an, I've got enough material. <laughs> I've got enough material purely from <laughs> Ashley and his unbelievably aggressive chat lines that I'll just move on. But Richard Blackwood did that. He went on to present, I mean, he he like, rather than going, mate, this isn't working out for you, maybe go and do something else. Instead, they gave him a, a show on MTV Select with Donna Air. He presented Pop of the Top, Top, Pop of the Top, Pop of the Tops, Top of the Pops. He presented Top of the Pops for a little bit as well. He did, I do remember him doing he a did few do that. intros on Top of the Pops, yeah. And then, as you quite rightly said, Renfrey, he got his imaginatively titled the Richard Blackwood show in 1999. Now, this is where I first heard of Richard Blackwood. Same. I had never heard of him before. I just happened to watch his show one day on Channel 4. And from memory, I remember quite liking it. I remember it being him being quite a likable dude. I remember it being quite a funny show. But I feel that maybe my memories of that time are slightly clouded because... I could only find one clip of the Richard Blackwood show. That's surprising. On YouTube. No, no. Or is it? <laughs> mm. I mean, have got some fucking great guests on. They've got like Puff Daddy and LL Cool J on the Richard Blackwood oh, show. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's, that. yeah. I, 
That's that's very good. I guess LL yeah. Cool J was promoting Deep Blue Sea. I could, don't know. I mean, I'm not seen it, oh, okay. but or one of his albums, maybe. Possibly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, what I did find is him interviewing Mel B. Uh-huh. From the Spice Girls. He introduces her. Bearing in mind it started in 1999. Spice Girls were quite famous by 1999. Yeah. He introduces her as Mel D. Mel D? Mel D? From the Spice Girls. Who's, who's Mel D? There's Mel C and Mel B. Who's Mel D? I mean, you can see why it'd be confusing. It's the next letter in the alphabet after Mel C. But you can also see why it wouldn't be confusing because Mel B was very, very famous indeed mm. in 1999. Very famous worldwide as well, I would argue. Yeah. You wouldn't get Brad Pitt on the show and go, here comes Brad Tit, would you? I'd be oh, tempted. sorry. I just, I just carried on oh, brad sit i just, it was just the next letter along my mistake do you think he did it on purpose he didn't he didn't do it on purpose because he didn't mention it and she didn't mention it right. he just went everybody it's mel d and he definitely says d i i wound it back about five times and i was like he says he does say mel d and she sort of walks out and i think she's a bit like did you just call me mel d <laughs> and then he just sort of glosses over it like fucking hell, i called her mel d and yes, um it also is makes it a little bit more awkward because just before he introduces Mel D, he's been singing a Diana Ross song dressed as a Chinese girl, and he's still different in the times, dress. Better times, different different <laughs> times, and he's still in the dress when he says Mel D. <laughs> okay, wait, well, yeah. Huh. And I was sort of sitting there and I was thinking, God, I used to watch this and think it was quite good, the Richard Blackwood show. Was it live? This is some kind of car crash. It couldn't have been live. It couldn't have been. On Channel 4 at like 11 o'clock at night, it couldn't have been live. If that, I mean, The Last Legs, live. That's on like 10.30 on Channel 4. Well, yeah. I I mean, yeah. I I mean, they, they, they have a kind of... The Friday Night Project wasn't live, was it? Couldn't have been. My, so I mean, recall, filmed, filmed live, filmed live, maybe, but not, not live, live. I sure, went like to see, TFI Friday wasn't live. I went to see. Um, uh, was it was it the ten o'clock show, the one with um, Charlie Brooker 10 o'clock live. and yeah, 10 o'clock Charlie, Charlie Brooker and and Jimmy Carr, Jimmy Carr, and all, yeah, all that, and, and and that was live at ten o'clock and blah blah blah, mm. all that. So. Did Jimmy? Did Jimmy Carr go? Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, anyway, yeah, good, good. That's good. Oh, 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 oh. He's been very uh, nice to you, Jimmy Carr, in the past. He so has been very nice to me. He's him. a nice guy. I know yeah. everyone thinks he's Satan at the moment, <laughs> but he's actually a really nice. I did see someone. This is we're getting off topic a little bit. We've got quite a lot to get through as well. But I will just say, I saw someone on Twitter go, "Jimmy Carr saw Jimmy Carr being rude to someone in a cinema once." So. That's proof that he he does he does he does advocate the genocide of gypsies because clearly, <laughs> like, clearly. and I was like, no, nah, he's actually really nice. Yeah. He's actually really really nice. Oh well, you know, you don't know him that well, and it's like, well, I know him as more than you do. Mm-hmm. You just seen him kind of being slightly. Someone gave him his popcorn wrong or something. Mm-hmm. You know, he might have been having a shit day. Anyway, Mom. he's nice, Jimmy Carr. Good. That joke's not very funny that he told, but he is nice. So, yes, he's got his own show. Um, 
And then he gets Mel B. And again, he gets Mel B. And he says, oh, Puff Daddy told you to get this. Apparently, Puff Daddy said, get this fucking bitch off the stage to Mel B. And Richard Blackwood makes Mel B recreate this incident with him as Puff Daddy whilst dressed as a Chinese girl. And again, he just rubs his crotch against Mel B's like leg as well. And it's like, God, what are you doing? Different time, room if you want it, different time. Better times. Uh, oh, oh, that sounds um, inappropriate, to say the least. But I just thought it was odd that Richard Blackwood, all the clips I could find of him in his kind of heyday, were just him sort of thrusting his crotch at people when he basically got this reputation as a clean-cut British version of Will Smith. Hmm. What did Will Smith start out doing? Fresh Prince. Yeah, which isn't really like, you know, it's not adult entertainment, is it? Not adult entertainment, but you know what I mean. Richard Blackwood, uh, the sorry, the Richard Blackwood show was late night post-Watershed. It, it, it singled out would have been as well, yeah. It feels so, right, okay, so it feels so silly to call it adult television, but obviously, you know, it's for a certain age and up, obviously, kind of thing. So, so yeah, I suppose from those point of views, they are quite different and even mel smith now like he refuses to do will smith the late mel smith from smith and john i was thinking back to mel b will smith. <laughs> oh what an idiot will smith um even now he has it like stipulated in his contract that he won't do films which have like over he certainly won't do 18 certificate films or r rated films in america it's like 12 certificate 15 certificate max i mean he did ali and stuff like that but i think that was a that was a sort of well i'm I'm doing this because it's a chance to play muhammad ali kind of thing isn't it you know so yeah Yeah, he also you know i mean when you look at the richard blackwood show and the fresh prince of bel-air Obviously, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air is a much bigger hit than the Richard Blackwood show, which only ran for 23 episodes. Um, so presenting Top of the Pops or being in Six Degrees of Separation, which is one of the first things that Will Smith did on telly as oh, well. Right. Okay. Uh, or or in, in movies as well. I mean, that's amazing. You've got Stockard Channing and um, Will Smith and um, Donald Sutherland playing that Oscar-nominated um, screenplay for that that film it's really good will smith is excellent in it so i think again just a slightly higher caliber of person that we're talking about and it meant that the will smith richard blackwood comparisons always felt a little would never come from the u.s they could only ever come from us going from us here on our little island going no we we can do that as well we can do that it's like no we we actually can't you know look at fucking you know, look at the wire and or the Sopranos, and then look at like I don't know. I mean, fuck me, the Bill or something <laughs> like. <laughs> like we're not as good. Let's just accept that we're not as good at a lot of these things. Um, but really, it's also the music career that we should be concentrating on as well, because Will Smith had actually obviously been doing music before he did the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, mm. yeah. and he had a couple of hits. So that sort of makes sense. But Richard Blackwood doesn't appear to have really thought too much about any kind of music career until he's got a show on Channel 4. Um, Funny that, isn't it? Now, I watched the video for Mama Who the Man, who I know you did too. So that was his debut single in the year 2000. 
So, you know, this show's been on Channel 4 for a year. It's basically a very cheap version of Willennium by Will Smith, isn't it? Um, Starts with Richard Blackwood sat in a really dingy-looking pub Mm. with two two of his mates, and they're sort of saying to him, oh, you can't get girls. You can't, you, Richard Blackwood, you can't get girls. And then a girl comes up and wants his autograph, and his phone number as well. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then the show, and then the song starts. Yeah. And we get a kind of telling of the Richard Blackwood, the lore fills in the kind of the prequel to to Richard Blackwood's life, isn't it? Essentially, is what this song is. There's him at school telling jokes with a big afro. There's him with a kind of kid and play haircut after just passed his driving test, pushing his car up the road. Yes. And then there's. There's cuts of him at home at the dinner table as a kid trying out his stand-up comedy routine. Mm-hmm. And then there's him in the sort of present day being cool Richard Blackwood and being surrounded by girls in a sort of hip-hop video style and just looking a little bit awkward. Everyone looks a little bit awkward, don't they? They all look a little bit awkward. They all have a little sheen of awkwardness to them, yeah. Every mm. single person in this video, Blackwood included, yeah. I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Renfrey, what did you think of the Mama Huda Man video? Well, the video itself is a literal retelling of the song, which I always find amusing when that's what a music video is. It's just literally everything that happens in the song we're just going to act it out in the video which always feels me as always seems to me a very sort of uh simple approach to take <laughs> so i don't think there's an awful lot but of effect- creativity but, but effective let's be honest i think it can be uh, <laughs> <laughs> i think it can be yeah. i mean some things about this video i was relatively impressed with for example it doesn't look like there's a whole bunch of people there look like they don't want to be there, but it doesn't look cheap. I don't think. Um, I mean, this was the era when shit loads of money was being thrown at these like silly amounts of money. And I, I, I am curious about the budget of this video because it doesn't, it looks um, of its time, but it, I, I don't think it looks cheap. I'm just, obviously I've got it on mute in the background right now. And I'm looking at these images. I'm like, it doesn't, you know it it doesn't look like a cheap video it's not any good i mean it's silly it's not, good, is it? it's not very funny it's like they're the, the the yeah the the uh the the way that the video starts and ends with his mate and the girl coming out i mean it's just so they're trying to be so natural and failing so badly you know well at the end it cuts back to him giving the girl his autograph and she goes, oh, where's my, where's the phone number? And then slams the thing down and walks off. And his two mates go, oh, you idiot. And they slap him around the face and there's a big cartoon slap. Yeah, which is And the other one so slaps around the face. And then he just goes, something about your mum, doesn't he? He says something about their mums. Yeah. And then everyone just sort of rolls around laughing. I think the cameras were supposed to have stopped before that point. Yes. Yes. So there's one really, really naturalistic bit right at the end, which was stupid to leave in there because it shows just how unnaturalistic their acting was <laughs> but you mm. know people like to leave those peek behind the curtain things in didn't they i mean we, we say peek behind the curtain all the time come to think of it but you we know do. What I mean. um but uh yeah uh i mean yeah i i think people put those things in because they think slash hope it will be endearing 
to an audience those peaks behind the curtain and um mm. uh, and it can be it can be uh in this case it didn't endear me to them at all i was just like it, uh, it made me like everything less actually yes i think i'd agree she with made you. me go at the end and go oh oh really you've just gone from being a bit naff to now being like you're actually like sort of laughing in my face mm. Mm. yeah but anyway um like i say it went to number three on the uk singles chart yeah top three renfrey so mm. you know who the man richard blackwood eh doing all right for himself isn't he and then different times better times <laughs> different times better times the aforementioned one two three four get with the wicked which was his second single reached number 10 so he's had two top 10 hits yeah. from this album yeah. richard blackwood which for someone who's never done music before it's actually yeah it's pretty good isn't it what on earth is he doing in broken records <laughs> so the video for that features richard blackwood in jamaica having we are led to assume having just had sex with a girl in a bed in a little place and she says oh don't let my father see us and then her father also played by richard blackwood kicks down the door and sees richard blackwood in bed with his daughter and is very annoyed by all of this and so he decides to chase richard blackwood around the sort of jamaican island that they are on I know it's Jamaican because there are lots of Jamaican. I'm not just picking a random like place. There are loads of Jamaican flags all over the place. So it's either Jamaica or somewhere that really, really likes Jamaica. And I mean, I bet you it wasn't Jamaica. It was just a place probably, that they dressed up to make it look like Jamaica, but sure. Although almost actually, certainly, yeah. There was tons of money around this point in time, wasn't there? Yeah, so there was quite was, a lot of money. Mm. Um, and the dad chases Richard Blackwood around Jamaica with his crew. And the crew are all singing... Richard Blackwood's song was a so the the one two three four get with the week like his part of, and I'm thinking if you're that annoyed with him you shouldn't be singing the song with him really should you you should be annoyed you mm, catch up with I him agree. a lot quicker mm. and get him seems a bit silly to me you think he'd be livid Blackwood steals a moped and then finds himself walking up on stage in front of a pretty meager crowd might want to get used to that mate and performing the song in front of his small audience and the disgruntled but ultimately accepting father aka him in a sort of wig and a fake goatee it's not very good but because i am such a fan of that song that i listened to it multiple times and i watched the video and i watched him doing it on top of the pops and that remfrey is where the real magic is happening okay I would suggest all of you, if you take one thing away from this, it would be to watch Richard Blackwood on Top of the Pops. It's in that thing, you know when they used to do Top of the Pops and you just like put them on the floor and go, everyone stand around like the corners and stuff. So it's one of them. They're just stood in around it, stood around him. Four different backing dancers, all sort of dressed a bit different, all doing a different dance at a different time. Really, really bad choreography. Richard Blackwood is miming, but his mic is also turned on. So occasionally he can go scream or make some noise. And it sounds completely different, both in pitch and tone and the way it comes out of the mic as it does to the rap that he's just been doing. It sounds completely like, so much quieter. So the noise levels are fucking all over the place. Yeah. The girl who does the rap in the vi- in, in the thing is fine. But the bloke who does a one, two, three, four, get with a wicked, he 
cannot be bothered to hold his microphone anywhere near his face or at any point i was like are you doing fucking kurt cobain like or dave grohl like refusing to mime this song because you're just like holding the mic around your back of your head and stuff while you're meant to be singing it's fucking terrible and when the audience join in um with the occasional whoop whoop bit it just never enough to sound good it's just a just an, a mess it's an absolute mess you know what and jamie go on well i've got it on in the background um and uh, obviously i can't hear it but geez just from the visuals alone you can tell it's a mess like it's uh it's difficult absolute to, mess. it's difficult to know where i should be looking that like it, it is actually just just watching it on silent it is an absolute uh it's absolute shit show really I, I like there's points in it where Richard Blackwood is like rapping into the camera, yeah. but the, it's cut to a different camera. So it's him pointing at a camera that you're not seeing. It's like you're seeing him like basically pointing at a cameraman. And it's like, <laughs> it just looks really threatening. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, is, it is a right mess. It's um, really bad on, on all counts. And Jamie Thiexton comes in at the end and goes, presenting and getting with the wicked. Is there no end to this boy's talents? <laughs> yes, Jamie, there is. Definitely <laughs> there. There. There very, very definitely is. Um, I wondered what the comments on a video like this would say. Mm. Uh, so I decided to look at the comments. I expected some interesting insight into such an essential, legendary performance on such an iconic television programme. Sadly, there was only one comment from oh. someone called Fiona, ha- Fiona Hamilton from two months ago. And she said, Top of the Pops was a good show. Live and kicking, CDUK, SMTV, my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> thank you thank you Fiona for sharing that heartfelt (laughs) tribute to Richard Blackwood on this video and um I was delighted to see that Rommel G replied just a mere two weeks ago saying don't forget the Pepsi chart show on channel five (laughs) how could we how could we Rommel G how could we forget (laughs) such a fantastic work of art (laughs) two weeks ago wow that happened yeah. That happened two weeks ago. Yeah, wow, that's amazing. Um, Pretty amazing. We should probably see if we can get. Shall we see if we can try and get fifty comments on that video from uh, yeah. having our listeners just, just comment? If you could go on to that video and just name television programs from your childhood, <laughs> just go. Top of the pops was great, and who remembers round the twist? <laughs> Top of the Pops was great. That would be... And who, and who remembers Spats? <laughs> Top of the Pops was great. Who remembers the Flying Doctors? <laughs> My childhood. That would be wonderful. Top of the Pops was great. Who remembers Mike and Angelo? <laughs> and Woof. What on earth? Ah. Uh... <laughs> Oh goodness me! That would be if people could. If you could take two minutes out of your day to do that, that would be amazing. Um, don't don't <laughs> at us. We don't want it to come back to us. I think we should just no, have no. A, don't add, have uh, a list. at just reply to Fiona Hamilton. She <laughs> just reply to Fiona. Yeah, poor Fiona. Uh, the third and final single from the album, "Someone There for Me," reached a mere number twenty-three on the UK singles chart, and that is really where the music career of Richard Blackwood sort of starts. And sort of ends, sort of. Now, it should be said, before we go into the reviews of this record, and this is not a big record here in 2022. We've just had to explain 
in quite painstaking detail who Richard Blackwood actually is. Mm. We haven't really found anything particularly interesting or any sort of insight into him as a man, really. Um, we'll get to that in a little bit, probably. <laughs> but um, there is, uh, you know, there is no information at all really about this record not at all it doesn't have its own wikipedia page normally we start where you start and you kind of go off everywhere there aren't many reviews there's no thing of like oh why richard blackwood made an album like how he made no like that that is that is that is not a thing that we have on this show this week at all so i just wanted to kind of flag that up when we go into the reviews and if you think like bloody hell all you've done is talk about richard blackwood and you've not talked about the making of the album because there is no making of the album at all really and there is no real reviews of the album from anyone who is a proper reviewer there's no guardian or nme or q or anything there's no reviews for this record as far as i can find fucking anywhere apart from a site called rap reviews and this review of this album came out in 2015 of all times, isn't it a weird thing to do? What a time anyway, to the guy, release! What a time to I know, release yeah. a review. I've, of finally, the rich I've been sitting on this for fifteen years. I've been trying to make up my mind about how I feel about it. <laughs> weird thing to do, but it gives the album three point five out of ten and says, if anything, the album's worth listening to for its production, as it's mostly handled by Stargate, a duo from Norway. Their early work was similarly cheesy pop for teeny bopper groups such as S Club 7, Hearsay and Atomic Kitten, but they have since gone on to produce for Rihanna, Beyonce, and their most recent work that I'm aware of is Iggy Azalea's Black Widow. The growth is certainly evident as Stargate are true heavyweights in urban pop nowadays, and this is an interesting, important moment in the, their career, highlighting that they were imitators to all successful rappers, no matter how uncool they may have been deemed by the hip-hop community. It's not really a review of... <laughs> this album per se more uh, background on the album yeah yeah but it was interesting to note that uh that stargate were the producers um of of this this project so stargate yeah the 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 first song on spotify is mama who demand stargate radio and i didn't know what that stargate radio thing was all about but that explains that yeah yeah, so Stargate are Tor E. Hermanson and Mikkel S. Eriksson. Um, and they have done a fair old bit of stuff. They've actually won four Grammys or right. been involved with four Grammy wins. Okay. Best Contemporary R&B Album in 2017 for B-Day by Beyonce. Okay. They're involved in the win for that. Um, best Independent, um, sorry, Miss Independent, the best R&B song in 2009 by neo so you know pretty big jennifer hudson's self-titled debut studio album won best r&b album again in 2009 so they won two grammys in 2009 these two and rihanna's only girl in the world um in 2011 best dance recording they've been nominated for a bunch of stuff actually as well they were nominated for record of the year for firework by katie perry was another one that they were nominated for they were um nominated by for best vocal pop album with demi lovato's confident um they were nominated for again um uh beyonce record of the year irreplaceable by beyonce in 2008 Year of the Gentleman by Neo was um, nominated for Album of the Year and Best Contemporary R and B Album at the Grammys that year. So they've done, you know, they've done a bunch of, they've done a bunch of stuff. Leona Lewis, they worked with Leona Lewis as well. Like they've they've done, they've ended up doing a fair old 
you know, a fair old whack of stuff, to be fair to them. But this is all post-Richard Blackwood. This is post-Richard Blackwood, yeah. But it's quite interesting to note that even something as flimsy and tacky and just a terrible kind of ego-driven project like this, 15 odd years later, you look at it and you go, bloody hell, the people who were involved in that actually ended up coming. This is very much like Mark Commode, who we mentioned on our weekly show recently, always talks about Roger Corman, about people having to do Roger, you know, the directors that had to do Roger Corman films. I think it's quite an interesting thing to be like, if you are going to start, if you can make an all right something out of nothing, then you're the sort of people that should be able to go on and work with, you know, um, sort of proper good artists yeah and i think he'll you talk know. about auteurs who have started working out uh, working on b movies and stuff like that and schlocky things you know and then they um who is it is it wally fister that he always mentions the the cinema- yeah. cinematographer who mm-hmm. basically started out on like grotty erotica more or less and then became the sort of main cinematographer for christopher nolan for example mm. you know um mm-hmm. so yeah um yeah definitely i mean yeah just just because you start i suppose that's an encouraging thing as well like for anyone who has um who has put things on their cv and started things on their cv in a creative industry you might have some not very good things on there you know but that doesn't necessarily mean that like that's going to ruin your career long term or anything like that well you know when you think they started with by the looks of things blue atomic kitten s club seven mystique Hearsay, Sholarama 5, okay. Javine, and Samantha, Samantha Mumba. So it didn't start so too started, uh, Not really. I mean, you know, I think they're probably working with slightly better artists these days, admittedly. Oh, definitely. Slightly more high. But yeah, but like, you know, I mean, there's, yeah, they've obviously worked with a few, I mean, S Cup 7 are a laugh and whatnot, but are they really, you know, it's not like you're kind of going, oh, excellent production no, super yeah super successful oh uh, yeah very successful yeah, yeah uh, that's true um but anyway yeah i just thought that was an interesting thing that you know there is a kernel of something yeah, yeah, yeah. here on this album um but that is it in terms of reviews that is it that is it really so who knows why it's got here and what is it must have just been you know badly ranked i thought to myself Renfrey, with the lack of reviews i'm gonna have to go to amazon.co.uk again to find some reviews there <laughs> i had to now um i found a couple found a couple of one star reviews for right. this record okay brazen brazen dave gave the album one star on the 23rd of july 2014 Two th- why are you reviewing this <laughs> in 2014 no and it's something that he you know he should ask himself, really, because he's pretty angry about it. He said in his review titled, I hope he is sorry for this. In his one star review, he said, if I shit in your ears, you would thank me. This is well naff. <laughs> now, I'm not going to thank anyone for shitting in my whoa, 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 ears. Is that the whole review? That's the review. <laughs> that is the review. He doesn't have a word count, by the way. That's a Robert Christogoo, isn't it? I mean, it is. It is. It because at least I can understand the narrative of the review. <laughs> I know what he if thinks I, of it. But it's... If I shit in your ears, you would thank me. 
I mean, actually, it doesn't make all that much sense, does it? As no. Maybe it is more Robert Christie. I still that, wouldn't but... thank you. No, no. If, God, if I'd had the, if I'd had to listen to this I album, might nick that. If yeah. I had to listen to this album and then immediately afterwards, whilst I was recovering, someone shat in my ears, that'd be like the worst day of my life. Wouldn't be great. Wouldn't no. be great. So he didn't like it. Um. Cosmonaut Zero in 2004 said, Who the man? Richard Blackwood is the man. Before giving it one star. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he says, he says in his review, comedian, TV presenter, actor, and now singer. Richard Blackwood truly is the black man or the British Will Smith. Or the black man's British Will Smith. <laughs> Except for the fact that Richard Blackwood has no talent. I'm not saying that Will Smith does either. Although you have just said, except for the fact that... So you are implying that Will Smith does. I'm not saying that Will Smith does either. He definitely does as well. But Richard Blackwood and his perfectly titled album means he probably now has a career in fortune telling. It's dreadful mess of an album, but a 46p could be used great comedy record to get out for your drunk friends at a party. But then again, you'll risk the gauntlet of them mocking you for spending so much on this piece of dross. I rate it one out of five because Richard is obviously number one in all of his professions. Looking forward to whatever projects he has in the future. <laughs> I, that That's much more like Robert Christigou because I don't. Right. <laughs> he's like, this is fuck. This guy's top of the game. He's terrible. Well done. It's awful. Yes. One star. You're the best. <laughs> What? <laughs> Maybe it was written by Robert Christigou. I mean, that that feels Maybe like his standard of writing. Yeah, but those 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 were the one star reviews. But surely, an album of this quality and this caliber, a man as loved as Richard Blackwood, surely, truly, people who understand the complex push and pull of the creative process of making art, of making music, surely they were going to stick up for this record, weren't they? Surely, Renfrey. And I'm pleased to say that the case of the defence has been filed a couple of occasions with this record with a couple of five-star reviews. From Amazon.co.uk. Starting with this... From Amazon.co.uk. Starting with this one on the 17th of September 2000, six days after the album came out. Now, I know I just had a go at someone for saying 15 years is too long. (laughs) I think maybe before you give something a five-star review, call it like an all-time classic... Maybe give it more than six days before you've decided that, right? But anyway, Nicola.pots61 at freeserve.co.uk said, <laughs> Great stuff. Great being GR8. Of course, it's great, great stuff. And then the review said, Not only is he a good looking blokey, but he is multi talented. I'm surprised that Mam Huda Man plus one two three four get with a wicked didn't get higher in the charts. Oh well, he's definitely got a chart topper in his lot. Hmm. <laughs> it's a mix of R and B and rap. If you like his first two singles, then get this album. If you didn't, well, don't. <laughs> <laughs> what amazing consumer advice! Brilliant advice and five stars. <laughs> Extraordinary. That is, oh. Anything to add to uh, Nicola.pot61 at freeserve.co.uk's review of that album? I feel I've learnt so much and I feel like I can now appraise this album properly. Did I like the singles? No. Don't buy it. But did I like the singles? Yes. Maybe buy it. 
What if you liked one single and didn't like the other single? Oh, agony of choice. Um, mm. I, to be honest, I mean, I can't really. She doesn't consider that, does she? No, Nicola. No. Well, that is the one flaw of her review. It's the only she one. She maybe should have given it another day. <laughs> exactly. Before to think about it before doing the a, review. If she'd given it a week, that would have been enough time to just, just, just to just figure that out and and, and yeah. put that yeah, into yeah. words. But unfortunately, no. But I've saved the best of last. Brilliant. John Simpson on the sixth of May, two thousand six. Took a little time, a little longer to consider that. Probably about the right time, I'd say. Um, he called uh, his review, said, "Okay," before giving it five stars. That's not okay, is it? <laughs> That's not okay. That's not what that means. That's okay. If you give, it's okay. It's absolutely perfect in every way. It's okay. Like that's what five stars is meant to mean, mate. Anyway, he said, Richard Blackwood shouldn't be taken seriously. That's the whole point of this album, and the title sums it up. It's for laughs, this. This ain't good rap, but it's funny. Music shouldn't be taken that seriously. It's just fun. Lighten up and get a sense of humour. Come on. (laughs) Oh, dear. Oh, John. Who hurt you? Who hurt you, John? Show Who was it? Where they touched. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Come on, this is a man pleading. Five stars, it's all right, it's okay. Come on, stop taking this seriously. Why? Music isn't meant to be taken seriously. Oh yeah, go on, whack skeleton tree on. Tell me that that's not meant to be taken seriously, you fucking dopey cunt. You fucking stupid dopey fuck. Oh, come on. Stop taking art that people really take ages crafted and bearing the very intimate nature of their entire existence onto into into a, a, a three four minute long piece of music come on stop taking that seriously come on come on it's fun come on you fucking div you fucking div john simpson you're a div in 2006 on the 6th of may and you're a div now five stars div you're okay i think it's worrying that you can copy and paste his review over to say crazy frog and it would you know his review would apply yeah blobby. we did have a bunch of them didn't we we did, did have a yeah. bunch of them saying the same thing yeah yeah so mm. come on stop listening to stuff and deciding whether it's good or not you nerds <laughs> <laughs> just listen stop. to it what? shut up just listen to it and accept that whether it's good or not it's you're meant to like it so just like it <laughs> fucking fanny what an absolute fucking fanny Anyway, Renfrey, right. I mean, look, clearly we're not going to be able to... I don't think we are of the journalistic calibre to be able to match those four sublime pieces of prose. But I will ask you anyway, okay. knowing that you can't ever match that. <laughs> you, can't, you can't ever match that. What did you think of Richard Blackwood's You'll Love to Hate This? I said this to you on the phone earlier subpar will smith will smith's already Mm -hmm. come up but um that is a pretty accurate descriptor i would say of what this is it's very (laughs) cheap sounding even though there was money in the industry around this time there's a lot of um there's a lot of bravado but not in the kind of more aggressive gangstery styling but bravado in the sense of like i'm richard backward i'm great here's some women who agree 
or who I have paid <laughs> to agree. And then the women go, yeah, Richard Blackwood, you're great. Give me the money. They go, yeah, you're great. We, we, yeah. Lo- we love you, our beat one, from the first fucking moment of the first song and the first the thing. Who the man, just about being a nerdy kid, even though the girls are going, we love you, RB. We watch you every day on TV. Every day? You Sky Plus and singled out? He wasn't on telly. <laughs> He wasn't on telly every day. No, he wasn't. He wasn't on telly every day. So you weren't watching him on TV every day. Unless you were videoing, videoing like MTV Select and just watching. Oh, that doesn't count. We watch you on TV every day. He's not Trevor McDonald. Like, <laughs> why, why, why do you think he's on TV every day? He's not. I mean, Trevor McDonald would des- would deserves a song like this where someone yeah. says, we watch you on TV every day. I love yeah. you, TM. Yeah, on the on the delivering the news to the country every day of the week. What a lad! What a, what a hero! What a lad! Yeah, what think... a lad! Trevor Don's a lad. <laughs> I think up to this point, I would imagine Richard Blackwood appeared on TV twice a day, uh, twice a week maximum. Surely, right? Uh, so yeah, the song is inaccurate. We've uh, figured that out. I mean, it's uh, it's it's, in, it's crushingly samey. This album. Uh, it's crushingly dull. Uh, it is a sort of yeah, R and B. I don't think hit. Uh, is it accurate to say hip hop mashup? I mean, it's like yeah, eighty percent R and B, twenty percent hip hop. I would say. Yeah, it, it's like pop pop, isn't it? Pop pop, yeah. Hip hip pop, hip pop. They called it before, and yeah, it is that cheesy thing. I mean, I had to push the car up the hill to Kentucky con- to Kentucky. Con- Hold on. I had to push the car up the hill to Kentucky Fried Chill. <laughs> what is that? No it sounds idea. like steps. It sounds like steps with Shaggy, doesn't it? Is what it sounds like. That's what it sounds like. It sounds like Sting with Shaggy. Uh, no, it does. Yes, yeah. yes, it does. It does. Mm. Absolutely. 100%. Yeah. I like in the first song that he promotes his own Channel 4 song. In the, his own Channel it's 4 show TV in show. the song. Yes. <laughs> and then says, but I'm going to Hollywood soon. And it's like, well, your show's about to get cancelled and you ain't going to Hollywood. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know, that that, that felt particularly hilarious and dated it massively. I mean, that's so sad because the fact that he had the confidence slash the ignorance to put that in and then, yeah, a year later, it didn't exist, that show. Mm. Yeah, it dates it very quickly. Yeah, it's not the best opening, although it is one of the strongest songs on the record, oh, to be perfectly arguably honest. Arguably the best. <laughs> I mean... It, it, wow, here we go. Okay. Let's steadily. We've got one, two, three, four down with a wicked. <laughs> so now, I forgot that this song has a special here we go. Heart. Sorry. Here we go. I can't really talk about this song. I mean, is it bad? I think it might be. It I think I'm. T- I think I'm too close to this song <laughs> to, be, <laughs> to be able to really, you know, say whether or not it's how... It's good or not, because I just want to go, one, two, three, four, get with the wicked. Can I get a whoop, whoop, she's get winning. Can I get a pop, pop, be bopping, oh, Arby run the show. Arby runs the show. I tap the bottle and twist the cap with the, st- <laughs> and the skills I got, I should be arrested. That's a line I liked. It was like, well, if people are getting arrested for having very little in the way of skills, then yes, I expect a life sentence to be coming your way any day now. Probably. I don't know. I love it too much. I can't say. Renfrey. Um, well, is cr- there any good this song? No, it's crap. It's fucking awful. <laughs> 
It's rubbish. I mean, no, I mean, look, you might be right. It might be the best song on the album. I think um, sometimes with broken records, we have albums which um, have massive varying degrees of quality throughout their roller coaster ride. I think this is a relatively straight and narrow road. I'd say this album, it, like the quality is relatively crap throughout. It starts pretty crap and ends slightly crapper than pretty crap i would say (laughs) um (laughs) and it's relatively constant it's uh i mean thank goodness it's only well it's not even 40 minutes it's because i I didn't listen to the bonus track which is just a bonus remix of (laughs) mama huda man i'd had enough after 36 minutes i i was sated i was fine well i wasn't sated um but yeah i'd i'd have my i had my fill certainly I'm happy to give it the honour of being the best song on this record, partly to appease you and partly because I simply don't care. (laughs) Okay, fair enough. Fair enough. I will, on my deathbed, be able to go one, two, three, four, down with a wicket, kind of get a whoop, whoop, shits, get with it, kind of get a bop, bop. We wrap in oh, RB run the show. It's RB runs the show, and that which I think is the oh, so rubbish and yet so arrogant of you to like ah, oh, it's uh, just a disaster. Rubbish and arrogant uh, should be a pull quote for this album because that is exactly. In fact, that's what it should have been called: rubbish and arrogant by Richard Blackwood because <laughs> that's what he yeah. is and what this is. Yeah, it's pretty bad. I yeah. mean, FTP is a bit of a jiggy gangster number. Yeah, pretty fucking, pretty fucking terrible it's one. Fucking awful. I, I walk the walk, celebrate and pop the cork. Okay, and then there's a cork <laughs> right, popping noise. Yeah. yeah, FTP it stands for freak the party out. Oh. So surely that should be called FTPO or. FPO, where's the O? FTP, freak the party out. That's just freak the party. Yeah. <laughs> Ridiculous. And he's got, there's a line it about, he wants his friends backstage at the Mobos so he can be home alone, one to three, eating Rolos. Yes. And you're like, what the fuck? You're right, mate. That's like early onset dementia. <laughs> yeah. like, what you... <laughs> he doesn't that, know what's going on. That was a very the confusing Mo- line. What are you on about? Fucking well, rubbish. He wants to be at home watching Home Alone one to three, but he hasn't. He started sentences, then rather than finishing the sentence, he started another sentence and merged them together, and then he's done that like three times in a row, which I yeah. think is meant to be clever, but actually just makes you as a listener go, "Sorry, you want you want a what?" Um, yeah, it, <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it's not. We good. actually did miss. Sorry, I I jumped over someone there for me, which is the. Uh, oh. I mean, I think. That, you know, that was the other single. <laughs> no, uh, it's about meeting a girl who you kind of had a thing, could have had a thing with that you didn't. And then you go, no, actually, I do want to go out with you now. Except he says, we could hold hands and walk in a path, in, in, walk in the park. And then something about getting in the bath. It's a sort of smooth pop soul number. Not very good. Um, but it does struggle after coming off the back of maybe the greatest song ever made, though, doesn't it? In one, <laughs> two, three, four, get with the wicked. So I'm going to, you know, I won't go in too hard on it. We'll move on. We're going to. <laughs> yeah it was absolute bum absolute bum. bum close to you is sort of new jack swing sort yeah. of thing if it had been huffing on petrol fumes for about three <laughs> hours uh, it's got a lot of shooby dooby doo bits on it like some of that stuff did it's not very good it's run for you sorry to interrupt you but the way that you're yeah. describing this album it's sounding much more dynamic than it actually is and nothing you're saying mm. is incorrect but it's weird how 
you know, I've li- I literally finished listening to this record 10, 15 minutes before we started recording. And yes, all this stuff is on it, but it sounded just like an R&B drone for 35 minutes to me. But yeah, it's interesting. Carry on. Yeah, because I all mean, of this stuff yeah. is true, but... Mm, but but yeah mm. yeah i mean well the next one sort of is a poor man's one two three four get the week it I is think. run for your crew back on the scene like crispy and cream <laughs> are they, have they ever been on the scene and i don't think they are well i don't think crispy cream donuts crispy cream donuts are not we're not started by two men called crispy, crispy and cream <laughs> 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 paul paul crispy and martin cream <laughs> oh let's start <laughs> Let's start. Let's start a donut company, Paul. What a good idea, Martin. What should we call them? What about Martin and Paul's? No, no, I've got a better one. Krispy Kreme. Yeah, good idea. That since my name. That's not what Krispy Kreme. You fucking idiot. Anyway, this tries to be threatening. It says, hey, you better run for your crew. Richard Blackwood is coming for you. Hey, you better run very soon. Ziggy, ziggy, die do. Terrifying. I mean, (laughs) you know. (laughs) Maybe he was trying to say ziggy, ziggy, ah, but he couldn't remember the name of the lyric, just like he forgot Mel B and Mel D. Maybe it was a malapropism. Richard Blackwood is coming for you. Ooh, I'm terrified. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. I, I... Ice Cube's gone into hiding because Richard Blackwood's after him. I very much fucking doubt it. I mean, the scariest thing about Richard Blackwood coming after you is you'd you'd suddenly smell lots of cheap cologne, wouldn't you? And you'd probably have mm. like a, a bulbous objects thrust in your uh, general direction. <laughs> That's about yeah. it. That's the scariest thing that Richard Blackwood can do, isn't it? Yeah. I mean his cock, not a gun, to be clear. Okay. There's a sort of <laughs> squelchy R&B pop song called Nasty with a really horrible sounding electro bass. And Richard oh, Blackman oh. says, shout out loud if you're horny. Oh, God, <laughs> yes. Yes. I mean, no, no, I'm not. But yes. Uh. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. Finally, someone yes. has given me... I'm horny. Finally, someone's given me permission <laughs> to be hor- to tell the world how horny I am. Finally, thank you, Richard Blackwood. You've set me free. But you um, know, like, oh god, maybe I'm reading too much into this as a lyric. But it feels like to me the reason for that being in the song is then live he could go to his like security. He's like, yeah, the the ones Sheesh. who the ones, yeah, yeah. The, can you yeah. can you pass Sheesh out the pussy passes to the people who go, yeah, yeah. you know, you know, yeah. which just then makes. And me then go, his security oh. would go, "There's only nine people here. Two of them are asleep. <laughs> one, of, <laughs> one, one, three of them are picking up their children, uh, <laughs> yes. uh, and are in their late fifties. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're playing a village hall. You idiot. Yeah, yeah. amazing. Um, nasty as you want to be. Well, I don't want to be very nasty no, I'm, I'm quite really happy with Richard. a cup of cocoa thanks yeah. love is rare is quite bad doesn't appear to have anything to do with love being rare at all it's more about eating chicken and fish at the carnival um there's a line in that which i mean girls getting bum pinched coming through don't do that richard he's supposed to be the clean cut will smith of the fucking uk and he's talking about grabbing girls asses Mm. at the carnival on a song called love is rare (laughs) 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 well it's gonna be rare if this is your approach to people you fucking idiot (laughs) if that's how you treat a woman might be my least favorite song on the record um oh that's interesting 
got more Chiba on it. Well, I was going to say because people like more Chiba. I mean, I've never really given a fuck, but at least they're sort of they've got a bit of a profile, right? Well, I don't give a fuck about more Chiba either, but um, I, I suppose due to her appearance, this was one of the for my money, this was one of the better songs because I thought her, I thought her performance was good. Like I liked mm. her performance. Um, I suppose actually it feels a little bit late to say this, but we probably should say we haven't actually discussed whether Richard Blackwood is a good act, uh, a good actor, a good rapper or not. Um, yeah. Okay. And, you can do now, and act- he's not. Well, <laughs> <laughs> well I, I guess he was better than I expected him to be. He's not Dre. He's not Eminem. You know, obviously, it's not even. No. It doesn't even need to be said, really. Um, but I, I like. I don't think he's embarrassing either. I think he's. I think he's okay. I think Mochiba is like. I think Mochiba comes in. And you go. Oh, okay. You're proper good. Yeah. I mean, I thought musically that song was a bit of a fucking stinker, to be honest. But yeah, Mochiba. I was like, oh, you know, it doesn't sound great. But yeah, she's. You know, she does elevate a song, which, like I say, has got nothing to do with love being rare, Absolutely. and everything to do with Richard Blackwood, Blackwood walking through Notting Hill Carnival and you know trying to thrust his fucking crotch in the general direction of anything with a vagina like it's quite bad um doing it tomorrow has the same we love you rb from the sample from uh mama who the man which by this point you are really sick of yeah yeah and it's got like this bubble works keyboards bit and it's kind of going ding and ding and ding and ding and ding in the background like actual backing vocals um you move like a puppet on a string while i keep doing my thing it sounds like Deantwerp, this song. What, you like it then? No, no, <laughs> I don't. It sounds like what what people say Deantwerp sounds like. And, you know, when Deantwerp are bad, they're, they're pretty bad. But, you know, um, this does sound like Deantwerp. Mm. And then you get a smooth ballad to end the album called They Don't Know Me. And the lyrics say, no matter who you are, no matter what you see, no matter where you are, no matter where you be, you don't know me. It's literally Grammar, saying Grammar no, Blackwood. Yeah, no one on the planet knows him. His mum? Like, no, nobody. Well, yeah, but he, he <laughs> well, well, she's someone, isn't she? So she's going to be, some. she's going to see something. Yeah. She's going to be somewhere. Yeah. She's going to be someone. Yeah. But he's saying, no matter who you are, even my mum, no matter what you see, even if you see the things that my mum sees, no matter where you are, even if you're in my mum's house, no matter where you be, again, in my mum's house, you don't know me. So he's even saying, even my mum, nobody knows me. Nobody. <laughs> nobody on the planet knows me. Well, I think Which in a few years would be true. <laughs> I mean, the, the song basically is him moaning about being on TV and having a really, really hard time. You think, well, luckily, again, for you, Rich, you ain't going to have to worry about that too long, too, for too much longer. So this song feels quite pertinent that, phew, he got out. Great. But it is him going, oh, they make me stand there and say the line again when I said it wrong. Oh, you don't know me. You don't know how hard it is to be on MTV Select with Donna Air. <laughs> It's pretty bad. I can only imagine. Um, what a what a bittersweet ending to the album it is. Too. Um, mm. But yeah, crikey. I, I mean, yeah. It's not very good, is it, this album? It's not very good. It's pretty bad, this. It is him trying to be a sort of British Will Smith, but without really having achieved anything of note. I think this is the problem. Now, I'm drawn on this as an idea, Renfrew, because it's either a really good idea to cash in on your five minutes of fame, and 
put an album out and exploit it for as much as you can or it's insane of him to even have thought for a second that he was of a suitable suitably big enough profile to be doing this surely you do this when you are firmly established as a massive star not just someone who's had a few episodes of a tv show and he was on singled out on channel five but either way in his career when you consider yeah. it's crazy yeah. really. yeah but either way this album runs out of gas pretty much the second you press play on it doesn't it more or less i mean i i the 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 kindest i would ever be to this record is like the three singles are vaguely worth listening to in a kind of i can't believe that person did that kind of way i think the three singles probably are clearly the best songs on the record um yeah definitely but they're all pretty rubbish and you know very short record 35 36 minutes and um yeah i was willing for it to end more or less from the start very boring very dull doesn't really go to many places despite the fact that when you were describing incredibly dated both lyrically and musically yeah incredibly dated um yeah i mean i don't I, i don't we're not there yet but i i don't i can see this getting fairly high in the rankings <laughs> which is very very harsh on one two three four get with the wicked can i get a oh boom she's get with it can i get a pop pop without you know well i think that's what i'm gonna be Abby runs the show it? it is basically yeah yeah basically we've we've got we've got a spaceman um <laughs> scenario here haven't we we've got all like we're like lauren hill album this album one absolutely unbelievable no no we'll get to that in a minute let's do the aftermath and this is where things do get quite interesting because in march 2001 just after this record was released the richard blackwood show was cancelled mm. gutted Strange 23 that. episodes and out shame that although richard blackwood did continue to be a fairly successful presence on UK television for a little while yeah. after that. Yeah. Um, it didn't all just completely fall apart no. straight away. In 2002, I found an hour-long Sky One special, Renfrey, called When Britney Met Blackwood. Britney Spears. Yeah, I figured that. Britney, Britney Spears. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Who? <laughs> I've heard of Richard Blackwood, but I don't remember Britney Spears. Um but the absolute, the absolute height of Britney Fears, Spears, Britney Fears, Sprame, uh, Britney Fears, <laughs> Britney Spears fame. And he starts it by reeling off all of her achievements going, she sold this many concert tickets, this many albums, she's doing blah, 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 like loads of those achievements. And then he says, but she hasn't done it all. She hasn't met me yet. And then it cuts to a title sequence of him like walking down the promenade in LA and some girl walks past him and she stops and she turns around, she pulls her sunglasses down and he stops and she and he looks at him and she does a proper like Frankie Howard like, oh, look. <laughs> and, I, and that's the point where I'm like, I am not watching this. I am not watching this. I watched the intro, the title cards and then I was like, I'm fucking out. I'm out. I'm not watching Richard Blackwood trying to talk to Britney Spears. Uh, it was mental. I'm um, stunned that I didn't hate him at the time. He feels like a character who at the time I would have hated and I'm stunned that I had no strong opinions one way or the other. Like I said, I do now. I didn't either. I didn't. I mean, I quite like the Richard Blackwood show. Right. I, 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 I don't I, really remember I, it. The times yeah. I watched it, I remember being, oh, he's quite funny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. 
And that was sort of all I watched. I mean, and you watch him on top of the pops, and you're never like, oh, he's a fucking twat. It's like, uh, he was all right, but I didn't see any of this stuff. And I'm like, bloody hell, you've got some ego on you. I mean, he did struggle to get on TV, but I think one of the things that was key to the demise of Richard Blackwood, and we missed last week, or a couple of weeks ago, and we did Phil Collins. We missed talking about this, and shame on us for doing that. We're not going to fucking make the same mistake again. Richard Blackwood was one of the celebrities duped on the infamous Peter Geddon episode of Brass Eye in 2001. And this is really where it all goes a bit wrong for him, as it did for a lot of people who were duped by Brass Eye around this time. There's a section on this. I don't want to ruin that special too much, but we have spoken about Brass Eye weirdly quite a lot on, on Broken Records over the time that we've been it. It seems to come up the door, quite, yeah. quite a lot, because it is, like I think I said at the time, I think it's the best television programme of any genre made ever it is fucking amazing. i think you're speaking and... nonsense <laughs> that was phil collins we didn't actually mention phil collins doing that we fucked it but uh, that was that Peter... was my that was my appeasement for the uh for yeah phil yeah collins before, but yeah sure uh, you're speaking nonsense <laughs> he's got a hat phil collins it just says nonsense on it. <laughs> it's <laughs> so good anyway for those of you who don't know what we're talking about brass eye this sort of satirical um news show um sort of fake news show uh did a one-off special about the media's reaction to pedophilia being a massive fucking hot topic in the sort of early 2000s and they did a sort of grossly ott version of what how they felt the media represented this whole you know pedophile storm it was in a, 2001 it was a satire of um a lot of programs that we got in the uk um along the lines of panorama and cutting edge and i don't know if you can throw in any more off the top of your head Dispatches. well i was just at the news and well and just the tabloid press as well yeah. the news of the world yeah, yeah, yeah. sort of coverage of you know like well we should know who these sex offenders are and all this kind of thing and whilst was... also having pictures of charlotte church in a yeah. bikini yeah. going oh look at her she's only she's only 14 but in a couple of years whoa, we're all going to be right up there yeah. like it was unbelievable and it was sort of satirizing um, the very kind of um serious nature that, that a lot of these programs took with their their uh, stuff i think the u.s equivalents would be stuff like 60 minutes and stuff mm-hmm. like that i see that guy is it charlie rose he seems to do those sort of thing i'm not sure really but um yeah it was a satire of that kind of thing and you know brass eye is one of the most perfect what seven episodes of television of anything you'll ever see yep. in your life and actually the mm-hmm. pedophile episode is probably the best i would say yeah i would say so it's fucking incredible and it upset a hell of a lot of people a Goodness hell of a lot did. of people yeah. and one of the things one of the things that they like to do i think as we spoke in the um the Babylon Zoo Jazzman. Um, I mean, Jazzman was being interviewed in a sort of fake interview process. Whereas one thing they would do is go, look, we are a charity who are trying to raise money for this or trying to raise awareness for that. Please, will you be part of our sort of awareness campaign? Yeah. And celebrities would read out these absolutely ludicrous, stupid, unbelievable, idiotic pledges about drugs, about animal rights about yeah. going to jail like and, and this one was These about the various dangers and the the, the online de- the dangers of online pedophiles bit is just absolutely fucking <laughs> amazing there's a bit about like i say these online games that are used by pedophiles to tempt kids they literally call them hoax games 
They literally call them hoax, a hidden online entrapment control system as held up by Kate Thornton. They're called hoax. She says this is a hoax. She honestly, it's un- it's unbelievable. So anyway. It is, I mean, I'm not, I'm not dissing Chris Morris or Brassai at all. It is insanely cruel when you think about it but but it was fucking hilarious just just from the point of view we are doing this for charity and i think a lot of people's mm. guard goes down when it comes to charity but it is very fucking funny seeing the results yeah the i mean how you could ever have believed any of this yeah, so, sure, philip yeah, like richard black was in there with philip Forrester and kate thornton yeah. being gullible as fuck yeah. reading out all the full shit that chris morris the fucking genius has got them doing so it's about panto the dog uh which is a game an online game about a dog where a bloke has his groin hooked up to a computer and when the children tickle the screen of the computer the paedophile feels feels the, it the, i mean this is like this is like when the internet was like what four, four five years old the idea that you could have you could i could scratch the screen and it would be felt through your keyboard i think yeah i think the pedophile episode was like 2001 was it i mean it was if it was yeah, 2001 it was early days definitely really like, really early you days. could probably just about uh, do it now in theory the technology is I, probably there I, but and richard blackwood explains it by going so when you tickle panto the paedophile gets his rocks off <laughs> totally straight face it's like you're a comedian mate how did you fall for this and it's not even the worst thing that he does they go on to talk about um online pedophiles using an area of the internet as big as ireland to control (laughs) (laughs) to control keyboards and richard blackwood says online pedophiles can actually make your keyboards release toxic vapors that make you more suggestible he then sniffs the keyboard and recoils and goes you know I actually feel more suggestible, and that was only from one sniff. You fucking idiot. You fucking idiot. How could you fall for that? He seems so sincere when he says it as well. It's incredible. Yeah. It's an amazing performance. Yeah. It is. I mean, it's an amazing performance. And he totally, buy, and he's very upset by what, like a lot of people from this, really upset. He says another bit at the end, he goes, Here are the warning signs to show, your child is, to show if your child is in trouble. Are they upset? Do they smell odd? Weird question. But hoax games actually make your children smell like hammers. <laughs> and I think that's the moment where I lost all respect for Richard Blackwood. All respect for you in 2001. The second you said online paedophiles make your children smell of hammers. I don't think anyone could ever take him seriously ever again. Surely. Surely. And... Apart from a few little cameos, apparently, in Holby City, by all accounts, Richard Blackwood kind of vanished from TV for the most part after that. He just sort of went away like a lot of people tended to do back in those days. Um, He did for a while. In 2003, he filed for bankruptcy um, after not working for a little bit and apparently tried to throw himself out of a window to commit suicide doing that. Now, there's nothing funny about that. And I'm sort of tempted to say that that is the rock bottom. That is the worst moment of his life. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, from what I've read, yeah. Yeah. But I'm not sure it is because I'm not sure if this happened before or after. But also, in this, it's maybe not even the worst thing that happened that year. Because in that same year, he appeared in a television program called Celebrity Detox Camp, <laughs> where he had 18 litres of coffee pumped into his anus. <laughs> read about that. Yes. <laughs> 18 litres of coffee yeah. p- pumped into your anus. I think I'd jump out of a window <laughs> and that to be like, what television? 
<laughs> 18 litres of... Just the way it says it. You know, in 2003, he appeared on this where he had 18 litres of coffee pumped into his anus. <laughs> oh, yeah. How was that? Was that good? Was it was like worth... Was that worth doing... So yeah, so he had. So, you I think mean, I imagine. Catalyst, do you? <laughs> yeah, I imagine he now knows how it feels for us listening to this record. I would imagine. That's how my ears felt. If I pumped your ears full of eighteen liters of coffee, you'd thank me. <laughs> well, one of the, one of those reviewers wanted to pump our ears full of shit, didn't they? After listening mm. to this record, so there's yeah. a lot of pumping. That was that's what yeah. I was referring to. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so he had eighteen liters of coffee. <laughs> He had 18 litres of coffee pumped into his anus. I mean, coffee animas, <laughs> these are these are a thing, aren't they? Uh, 18 fucking litres? Fucking, well, you're going to shit his brain out if he does that. I, oh, I, I've accidentally shat my skull out because I had that much coffee pumped into my, <laughs> pumped into my anus. <laughs> oh, dear. Is, I don't know. Like, I'm aware of coffee, coffee animas, and I'm aware... <laughs> And I'm aware of, you know, the purpose of them and, and so on and so forth. I mean, I'm just looking up an article. The standard procedure of coffee enema, initially proposed by Gerson, by this person, is as follows. Add three rounded tablespoons of slightly <laughs> roasted drip ground coffee into approximately one litre of boiling distilled or filtered water and continue boiling for three minutes. So they're suggesting you just do it with one litre, not 18. So it doesn't feel like the, <laughs> Maybe the, the makers of the programme were taking heard the this piss record. somewhere. <laughs> yeah. They heard this record and were like, for 18. <laughs> one, two, Maybe. three, 18 litres up your anus. In- whoop, whoop, get that coffee up your anus. <laughs> <laughs> 18 <laughs> litres of coffee in, was pumped in. What did you do at work today, darling? I mean, what kind of... What a t- again, what a time to be alive. What a time. What, 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 different what time. A time. <laughs> I mean, fuck me. Yeah, I, I'm, not, I'm not even fucking around. If someone pumped 18 litres of coffee into my anus, oh, yeah. I'd jump out the window. <laughs> yeah, well. yeah. I would. I would. It's a bit much. Yeah. 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 I go, fuck yeah. this. That's what I've been reduced to. I was number three in the charts the other year, two years ago. I mean, the fall from I grace. I sniff a keyboard and now you're fucking pumping eight coffee in my heart. The fall from grace in his head must have been incredible, wasn't it? Because in his head, I mean, the, the, the image that he put forward was he thought he was a fucking superstar. He thought he was a Kanye yeah. almost. And then what? Four years? Would you say it was 2004? 2003? Three. Three years later. He's getting eighteen liters of coffee pumped up his ass. That is a that is a hell of a fall from grace, isn't it? That is mad. I mean, oh, I even... oh, oh, God, oh, you're oh, right, Captain good. Rock. Yeah, I mean, it is good that it is good. Just the way, but slowly but surely, Richard Blackwood started to rebuild his career, went back into stand-up. I actually watched some of his clips of his stand-up on YouTube, and he is not a very good stand-up. No, okay. I don't think. I watched him do like 10 minutes at a little club that I had once done, and probably around the same time that I would have been doing that club. Oh, right. uh, and he basically just asked everybody where they're from. He does that thing, where are you, where are you guys from? And they're like, oh, Peckham. Oh, Peckham. Oh, 
oh you're oh don't shank don't stab me and everyone's sort of like <laughs> oh where are you from lewisham oh yeah oh oh you get you get the old dli did you yeah oh careful it's not a real tube and everyone's like oh. <laughs> you're on telly aren't you <laughs> <laughs> best be nice uh, it just literally oh you two a couple are you, you a couple you, where are you from Plumstead, oh, <laughs> sorry, oh, don't, don't have anything to say about that. What about you? Are you and how old are you? Twenty-two. What are you? Eighteen. Oh, that's nice. Oh. No, no, give up for him. Yeah, yeah. I'm just joking. Yeah, I'm just joking, guys. I'm just joking. No, true love is good. Yeah, it's good. So give him a round of applause. And I was watching. I was going. This isn't stand-up comedy. No, this is just a man talking to people in talking. A <laughs> asking where they're from. That's not comedy. Yeah. I was like, do something. You had your own TV show. Do something. It doesn't. It doesn't sound like he has a set. No, some people don't. You know, they just sort of riff stuff. Yeah. But yeah. he, you've got to riff more than just going, "Where are you from?" And then when they tell you, you, go, "Oh yeah." Arguably, Ross Noble does that, right? You know, yeah. like some yeah, people yeah. are fucking amazing at it. Um, but it, but you've got to have a very, very, very special talent to be yes. able to do that. Um, and Richard Blackwood does, just not for that. His talent is more rapping, isn't it? Let's be honest. And, I think it's more taking and 18 f- leases up his ass. To be honest. Yeah. I think that's he his talent. He seems to be... He seems, yeah, maybe we finally finally found something he was good at. Um, <laughs> getting pumped. 18 leases up his ass. Coffee up his ass. Oh, dear. <laughs> well, anyway, he was in Cat on a Hot Tin Roof with James L. Jones at the Novella Theatre in London in 2010. I was really Fair curious play. about this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Played Donkey in the Shrek musical in 2011. Which is a massive success. Yeah. Massive, massive success. And his sort of mainstream rehabilitation was complete when in 2015 he was added to the cast of EastEnders. Yeah. A show that he stayed in until 2018. He was on Dance on Ice on ITV in 2019. And then he was added to the cast of Hollyoaks in 2020 where he has stayed. And he has since then been nominated for a National Television Award for Best Actor in a Serial. So, you know, fair play to him. Although... I I believe, Rimfrey, that the thing of this last decade that he is most well known for is not knowing what lemon zest is. Have you seen this clip? Maybe you haven't seen it. I think I have, no. Some of you might remember this. A clip went viral in 2015 of him on Sunday Brunch, another one of our favourites, struggling to grate a lemon, just to sort of show that he wasn't that much of a cook. Um, He's asked to just get the zest in this whatever dish they're making. I oh, just, you know, just, just, um, just grate some zest into that, uh, into that there. And he starts slicing the lemon and Tim Lovejoy goes, oh, no, no, you're not, hold on. And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm just, I'm just slicing it. Tim Lovejoy's like, no, 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 no. I mean, when Tim Lovejoy is making you look inept, you know, you're in fucking <laughs> massive trouble. And then he's like, no, no, you've got to grate it, grate it. And he's like, oh, okay. And he starts grating the inside of the lemon. And they're like, no, the other, and turns it around. It's like a fucking Alan Partridge sketch. He just doesn't know what lemon zest is at all he's got obviously got absolutely no idea what lemon zest is and it's it's absolutely fucking mental absolutely fucking mental and you know that's something that people were were talking about quite a lot but he's done all right for himself okay i I was unaware of this but but yeah but i mean certainly i mean he is certainly back i was unaware of this completely and, and and utterly i've got to say but you know we actually have to give some credit here because He's come back and is doing a 
well, he, he's got a very successful career in what he's doing. Yeah. In things that I have to be honest, I'm not vaguely interested. To, I'm not vaguely interested in soaps or anything like that in the slightest myself. No. But he seems to be doing very well in them. And fair play to him, you know, for that, all that 18 litres. Yeah. I don't want to watch fucking Hollyoaks. No, neither do I. Fuck <laughs> me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I was really hoping to get that out, but never mind. Never mind. Yeah. Never mind. Um, <laughs> but here's the interesting thing, Renfrey. Rem- Richard Blackwood, he's back. It's fine. He's back. But literally a few days after we picked him out of the hat, unreal, something happened which seems to happen quite a lot on this podcast. I really do happen start... With Mr. Blobby. I am starting to feel like we... There's a lot of people who have said that we have to apologise for resurrecting people's careers due to this podcast. And up until this point, I've always just been like, ha-ha, don't be ridiculous. When this happened, I am starting to think we are fucking cursed, Steve. There's something going on, something weird. Crazy Frog, Mr. On. Blobby. Yeah. And now, Richard Blackwood, on the 25th of February, 2022, literally, I mean literally one day after we recorded our Morbid Angel episode where this album came out of the hat. Yep. I cannot hammer that point home hard enough. Yep. I know the episode came out after, but we promise Mm. you it was recorded then. Richard Blackwood released a remix EP of Mama Hooda Man, the first music at all that he had released since the release of this album in the year 2000 what are the fucking chances of that it, it, it is an extraordinary coincidence I, I think when you consider that and the blobby and the crazy frog stuff it's just like what i mean yeah this is not just like oh star wars had a new film out after you did christmas <laughs> no, in the stars no, you no know what i mean this is he has done nothing <laughs> musically since 2000 and then 22 years later this is the first thing he's done in a musical i mean i say it's the first thing he's done in a musical remit i mean is, is this even a musical remit i don't know but but it's not it's, it's not new material as well i'm trying to say is it you know it's uh it's 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 a remix it's remixes of, of... it's it's six versions of the same song <laughs> yeah. load of kind of liquid house and garage type versions of it but look it doesn't matter how many times you fuck with that song it is not a good song. No. And the hook, the hook, the we love you, RB, we watch you every night on TV, that is fucking all over it, everywhere. It's just absolutely maddening. It's absolutely maddening that that should come out this week, in this week of all the weeks. Yeah, six versions of a song which is already really crap. I can't, I mean, one of the few positives about the album is is pretty much all of the songs are around the three and a half minute mark and that's like a small blessing you're like okay i hate it but it's going to be over in a couple of minutes it will be fine um i mean there's there's a version of the song on here which is six minutes 14 yeah i listened to that oh that sounds i listened to this it was just like i was just like by the end i think well because basically i was ready to go with this pretty much straight away because i was like oh i'm gonna listen to one two three four get with the wicked and then i sort of did the notes and everything and then renfrey's like oh shit i've not had a chance to listen to it yet which is fine because you don't really need to prioritize this record so it just left me with a few days and occasionally i had a bit of time to myself and i was like oh shit richard black has got a new ep out yeah, yeah i better listen to it what the fuck and so i did and it's not very good no. it's just not good and it's weird because i was doing all of this whilst like a few days ago, or it's about a week ago since for when this podcast goes out, I went to see Dave at the O2. 
And you sort of think to yourself, like, <laughs> like British hip hop back in the year 2000. We, you know, there was bits and bobs. I think I mentioned Roots Maneuver when we did the Streets mm-hmm. uh, classic album on our on our Patreon page. But you know, there was a bit of, sort of decent UK hip hop, but it was not a, a massive, massive thing. And when you think how far we have come from Richard Blackwood to Dave and me sort of listening to Richard Blackwood on the day I went to see Dave, you do go, fuck me. Fair play to this genre of music. It has really sorted its shit out. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Yeah. So, you know, <laughs> Richard Blackwood coming back. Richard Blackwood, when he was at his most famous, being a kind of UK Will Smith, you could kind of go, oh, bless. It's not worked out for you at all yeah. whatsoever. But, you know, it's a little bit of it. You wanted to capitalise on, you've always got like, I say, shit and egotistical, maybe. But, vaguely understandable bringing out an ep in 2022 when you're competing with Getz and dave and stormzy and aj tracy and all the like absolutely not mate i'm completely slow tight you look like an absolute moron i'm completely bemused by it and i imagine and hope it will go away quite quickly but who knows um yeah Yeah. it doesn't why why now was it something to do with I did you know what I'm this I'm just put I'm potentially just putting the pieces of the puzzle together. I saw something. I think he ended up rapping as a part of his character in EastEnders, and I think like three people, probably those three people left those five star Amazon reviews, went, "Oh, we remember your album." Oh, blah blah blah. Do another album. It could be as a result of that. You never know. Fucking social media. Maybe, but I mean, he left it EastEnders four years ago, so. Do you mean on Hollyoaks or EastEnders? He's on Hollyoaks now. Because if he was rapping on EastEnders and it took him four years to do I can't remember. remixes of a song. I can't oh, remember wow. if it was EastEnders or Hollyoaks. I might, I might be confusing them. But but I, I, I read like really briefly something about that. I don't know. I'm speculating wildly. I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, this this album, you know, I, <laughs> the thing that made me laugh initially, whoever put this album up on streaming services obviously doesn't have an eye for details because um, it's called You'll Love to Hate This. And the second, well, sorry, the first L in uh yule they've capitalized <laughs> and they know. and they haven't they, they haven't been bothered to correct it and you don't see you don't really no. see many typos or spelling mistakes and stuff like that it looks like services. you lie love to hate this yeah you lie you lie love to hate, this. Love to hate uh, this. Yeah. this it sounds like it looks like someone saying it drunk it's um you know and and that and that i've checked spotify i've checked deezer i've checked apple music that is across the board um so Amazing. Idiot. Maybe that's what it's meant to be. <laughs> maybe, maybe that's what he just said. I want. Maybe that's a the diva Richard Blackwood. Just want, I want one. I want every first L in a word capitalized. That's my <laughs> demands. Put, put that on my rider. It's like when bands say we're we're, we're all like small uh, small capitals. I was going to say then just yeah. to bring back a phrase. <laughs> I am going to write it when when we go to do the tweet. I am going to write it with a big L. <laughs> <laughs> so if you go so if you tweeted me and gone oh you've, you've put a big l for no reason now I've, I've done that on purpose okay uh, yeah i can put the episode title I d- the only thing that I'm, the only reason i don't want to do that is people will think it's our mistake and it isn't but you know fuck it we'll see well we'll say to them you obviously haven't listened to the episode then have you you pure scum you you nazi you uh, piece of shit <laughs> come here and let me pump 18 liters of coffee into your ass as a <laughs> punishment anyway let's rank, rank this rank fucking it? absolute yeah. dr- dreck of crap yeah. um yeah it's an it, this is a d- d- just a 
stupid, stupid, stupid record. And even though I do like going one, two, three, four down with the wicked, kind of get a whoop, whoop, chits, get with it, kind of get a pop, pop, be up in all, I'll be under sure, even though I do like doing that. Um, get that out. <laughs> even though I do like doing that, I know it's fucking terrible. So, uh, I mean, really, and this is, you know, a guy who was, wasn't was that famous, but appeared to just be like, oh, I've been the next Will Smith and I've got my own Channel 4 show and blah, 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 blah. And I'm not sure this is the thing that completely killed his career. I just don't think he was actually that good. Um, but it has did have a pretty, you know, unremarkable and or, or stroke disastrous effect on his career. Uh, he's doing all right now, but not because of his music. It's just a stupid thing to do. It's just a, the the folly of ego, Renfrey. Very much so. Um, but where we put it, I mean, I've I'm looking down quite fairly low down. I'm looking fairly low down. I I feel like I mean I feel like it's a hard one. It's because what would you rather listen to? Thirty five minutes of Richard Blackwood being silly and f- sort of funny for the most part, if a very delusional and quite boring and you know a bit rubbish, but at least sort of funny and silly for the most part. Mm. I mean, you take it over Testify by Phil Collins, but then I don't necessarily think it makes it a better album than Testify by Phil Collins, for example. I, I, I think I would rather listen to Richard Blackwood than Testify just because Testify is so fucking boring and, um, and, and so much longer as well. Um, mm. And I think in, for completely different reasons, but I would argue it's equally as shit. It's just longer. So I, I have to... I, I mean... If we had done this six months ago, I think we would be looking at a place in the flop 20. But we've had a bit of movement in and around the flop 20 at the moment. And I'm actually kind of looking more sort of just outside it, I think. Like, can I in good faith, for example, just picking one at semi-random, can I with good faith honestly put this above, uh, as in as in a higher entry, than, than Theory of a Dead Man with all this you know, disgustingly misogynistic, shitty lyrics and stuff like that. I mean, certainly the Theory of a Dead Man album doing... sounds better. Than yeah, this. I think the songs are probably better as well. They probably are. I mean, Theory honest. of a Dead Man, are, are, like all Richard Blackwood is doing is pinching a girl's bum at carnival whilst eating a bit of chicken. Yeah. Whereas Theory of a Dead Man are pretty horrible. And yeah. also, Theory of a Dead Man, it didn't really, like this is, that's what, that's the type of music they make isn't it although this is the type of music that richard blackwood makes it's weird because i mean it goes, i suppose it goes to show how little rock music has moved on and how much hip-hop has moved on that richard blackwood could have a hit with that back then but he fucking definitely couldn't now um whereas theory of a dead man people say we still don't make progress plays. in the world don't they? yeah <laughs> but there's yeah, proof that we have <laughs> um i mean i think ultimately yeah the theory of a dead man's a nastier record I mean, I, I've got to say, I think chamber music is better than this. Wow. Do you not think? I mean, now that... Mm, yeah. Well, chamber music is, <laughs> chamber is, music is fucking rubbish, but I think it's... <clears throat> no, and it, no, and that is really like... long. That is really, really, really long. What but... would I rather listen to? Chamber music or this? <sighs> Crikey. Which toe would you rather have cut off? Mm. Um, you know what? Yeah, I mean, this is where it gets very difficult. I think. I think it does get quite difficult around this time. I mean, what I would say is probably, yeah. I would probably have it 
slightly above Theory of a Dead Man because I think it's just a little bit less icky. Yeah. But I do think there's at least a couple of songs on chamber music. I mean, what you've got here, I think, is one of the most... Uh, when you look down, you've got like... When you get the Generation Swine by Motley Crue, you've got the worst song that we have ever covered on this podcast, peppered around with some sort of quite bad ideas from a band that neither of us like, right? Mm. Whereas what we've got here with Richard Ashcroft is a really, really bad album with one song which I just find absolutely fucking hilarious and <laughs> is like a meme to me. So it's quite a hard one to be like, oh, I would put one, two, three, four down with a wicked below Brandon. That seems absolutely mad to me. But I think really, I'd rather listen to Generation Swine than this. I definitely think I would rather listen to Generation Swine is a better album than this definitely One More Light is One More Light a better album I mean it's definitely put together better both very boring both very very boring there's nothing fun nothing fun Mm. about them nothing nothing fun about One More Light is there absolutely nothing fun about it whatsoever it's just got a dull dull record this is trying to be fun but is there actually actually anything I'm a, I guess I know the one time fame I have the record but, but but bar that and bearing in mind that that's also kind of a private joke outside of that yeah. is there anything fun about this record really no not really no exactly. no um, so yeah I think I probably would say One More Light is better I think Super Collider is probably better as well I mean again I think there's some really weird shit on Super Collider some pretty like gr- grotty shit it's long as well I mean I'm sort of going around it seems a shame to break up our little fucking Ozfest second stage lineup of Theory of a Dead Man Cold Chamber Megadeth Linkin Park and Motley Crue that we've got going on there which <laughs> do you know what I mean but um, I mean obviously Linkin Park would be would have to play the main stage really of uh, of, uh, of any festival so I shouldn't have disgraced them by saying Ozfest second stage that is the most offensive thing you've ever said about Linkin Park to be fair so yeah, yeah. it is yeah 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 and finally um coming round and accepting that i should be nicer about lincoln park and that is as nice as i'm prepared to be about them um but yeah theory of dead man cold chamber megadeth lincoln park and motley Crue together they make quite a kind of nice little sort of american inbred redneck dumb fuck (laughs) sort of do you know what i mean that could be a that could that could be a gig lineup and if we stick richard blackwood in in the middle of them you suddenly go oh you're odd you being here who imagined you being here? It does diversify the list, though, as well. So I think from that point of view, it's it's not a bad thing, necessarily. It does diversify the list. And I would say, for me, my cut-off, I think Chamber Music has a, a couple of songs on that I was at least like, this has got a bit of a decent enough groove to it. Yeah, which which this album doesn't. But it's really, really long. Mm. Really long. It does go on uh so would you rather have a couple of bits of stuff that you're like oh, i don't mind this for a longer period of time or just one quite annoying chorus once in half an hour well to be honest with you um whilst chamber music was really really long and i'm very very quickly checking 55 minutes and 14 seconds goodness me whilst it is very very long um there are certainly more things on chamber music that i like than there are on this album there aren't many more things but there are more and thinking about which would i rather re-listen to yeah i think i'd rather re-listen to chamber music unbelievably i think i probably would as well but then i think i would actually probably rather listen to richard blackwoods than listen to theory of a dead man and i think that sort of sums it up really that is where we are yeah and, and theory of a dead man is actually kind of pretty grotty as well isn't it 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's pretty cool. Well, we've got Theo the Deadman and Louis the Fourteenth there. I mean, part of me was going yeah. to ask you, what do you think about slotting it between Louis the Fourteenth and Theo the Deadman? Which would put it in number 23. But I think you're suggesting putting it after Theory of a Dead Man, which would make it number 23. Yeah. Uh, what is so much better about Theory of a Dead Man that is... Uh, I, I, I actually I think this is... <laughs> I don't know. Theory of, a Dead Man, Theory of a Dead Man have got nothing good going for them at all, I Not don't really. think. Not really. No. I mean, at least Chamber have the odd something. I mean, not that this has got much going for it either really but you know so i think theory of a dead man are just sort of it's 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 grotty music yeah grotty fucking music theory of a dead man whereas this is just sort of cheesy and embarrassing and a bit like naff it's just not even embarrassing but just naff do you know what i mean just a bit naff i agree no you're yeah. right i think i think um i think placing it there is perfect so we're saying number 24 24 Number 24. Here you go, Mr. Blackwood. All right. One, two, three, four, 24 with the wicked. Um, <laughs> oh. Oh, this would be interesting, Renfrey. Okay. I don't think we've ever had pornography on our show before. Oh. Unless you count, unless you count um, talking about shooting coffee up someone's ass. Well, uh, and I do. And I do, or you reading Tommy Tommy Lee's lyrics on Methods of Mayhem. <laughs> that was quite pornographic as well. But next week we are going to be d- d- a little bit of porno music. My teenage dream ended by Farah Abraham. Oh right, okay. Farah Abraham, I believe, was a teen mum who became. He was on a reality TV show, a teen mum reality TV show. I think, who then went on Celebrity Big Brother and apparently she either had done or was going to do or went on to do hardcore porn. So that'd be interesting. We're going to have to be careful with our Google searches then, aren't we? Well, I don't think if you type in... Well, no, because I don't think if you type her in, that would be the first thing to come up because she's been on telly. XXX. Porn. <laughs> well, then, yeah, probably that's what will come up. Yeah, if you go looking for uh, oh, porn, that's how yeah. search engines work. Now, that is how search engines Excellent. work. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but if you type in album, I think her album will come up. I've got some history to delete, so we need to wrap this up. <laughs> yeah. All right. Pete Townsend. Um, <laughs> right. Anyway, thanks so much for listening. Um, We'll be back next week talking about Farrah Abraham. Thank you, RD. You run the show, don't you? I do. We love you, RD. Yeah, we love right. you. We love you, Renfrey Deadman. Ah, okay. We watch. You, we watch you every night on TV. Sweet. All of us listening. Ah. We watch you every night, even though you're not on TV. That's, but that doesn't matter. Doesn't it? The details get in the way. Uh, thanks for listening, everyone, and um, uh, I hope you have a nice time. We'll be back next week. Um, I hope we haven't put you off coffee for the rest of your life. <laughs> See you later. Haven't put me off it. God, glug, like glug, it even glug. more. L- like it even more, if anything, don't you? <laughs> no, 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 it's been up Richard Blackwood's <laughs> no, ass. <laughs> and end. <laughs>